For over 30 years, I served in the local church as a pastor. And one of the most frequently asked questions that I would always get would center around the Bible and how do I study it? One of my passions is to help people study God's Word so that they can connect with God and people better. Welcome to Understanding Scripture with Dr. J Podcast. My name is Jimmy, and I'm the host on this journey with you. In today's podcast, we're going to look at James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. If you've not read those verses, I, I invite you to just pause and, and take some time to read those 13 verses. In this portion of scripture in James, I, I've titled it, Don't Show Partiality. If you'll remember from our earlier podcast, every single passage in the Bible has at least four dynamics that you have to consider if you want to properly understand the Bible. You first have to understand culture, the history, the land or geography, and then the spirituality. When you look at those four dynamics, they help you to understand the words of the Bible in the context of the Bible. So in James chapter 2, verses 1 and 13, James looks at the idea that people tend to misjudge other people's motives. The truth is no one knows another person's heart. And the tendency most people have is to cast judgment on a person for what they say or do or, or because of some external factor or some outward appearance. James has a word for believers as he addresses the problem of prejudice, the problem of making superficial judgment. This lesson reveals James' practical teaching on this vital subject. He instructs believers to demonstrate their faith by their lifestyle. James places an emphasis again on right speaking and right acting. And that when I would teach people to, to study the Bible, I would encourage them to, to, to have a, a section that they would call the author's lens. In other words, in this section, they would try to answer the question, what did the scripture mean to the original author and audience? So as you begin to explore information on the author and the content and the culture and the history, the land, the language of the Bible, you would gain a better understanding of the intended message of God's word. In Acts chapter 8, we see that believers fled from Jerusalem at the persecution of Stephen. And for 30 years, these believers wondered, so they had to work at whatever job and for whatever wage they could find. Unbelieving Jews hated them. Local people would reject these wandering believers because they did not participate in the local pagan feasts. When James tells his readers not to show partiality, it's a Greek phrase which literally means to receive by face. So what James is teaching is that when you receive a person by face, you are not judging them on the basis of the color of their skin or the type of their clothes they wear or their economic status or some other type of external thing. James is exhorting the believer not to receive people on the basis of the external. So the backdrop of much of James could be found in Leviticus 19, verses 9 through 18. Again, if you've not read that passage of Scripture, Leviticus 19, 9 through 18, it would be great for you to pause this podcast and read that Scripture. That passage of Scripture deals with justice in judicial situations. So there's a vivid illustration of this in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel 16. When God rejected Saul and told Samuel to, to go and anoint a successor, Samuel comes to the family of Jesse. The sons of Jesse, the brothers of David, they all line up. 
Samuel's eyes lands on the first one, and, and as so often is the case, leaders are selected by their physical appearance. To Samuel, the first one looked like he was the king. But it's but first Samuel 16, 7, the Lord says to Samuel, Don't judge on the basis of his appearance, of his stature, because I have rejected him. God does not see as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Jesus was complimented even by his enemies for never showing partiality. They said to him in Matthew twenty-two sixteen, you aren't swayed by man because you pay no attention to who they are. Your friendship associations, as, as valuable as friendships are to you, can never become closed groups where you shut other people out. As a Christian, your perspective on life should be inclusive rather than exclusive. One commentator suggests about this passage of scripture that the word translated favoritism speaks of the attitude of partiality by which one person is shown favor or special consideration over another. In the Old Testament, the concept often refers to unjust judgment against the vulnerable on the part of those in power. Sociologically, people tend to desire to hang out with, with people who are similar in their socioeconomic makeup, their educational background. And, and while that works sociologically, James is teaching us that it should not be that way theologically. Christians should be inclusive, not exclusive. And James points out that in the synagogue at this point in history, that they were having problems between the rich and the poor. James addresses this situation where the rich are oppressing the poor. In those days, there, there was no middle class. James is saying that the church needs to be a different, different in society. It is in the church that the rich and the poor can sit down together. In fact, the poor man might even be in a place of spiritual authority over the wealthier man because the church is the great leveler where class or social distinction or economic status does not mean a single thing. And James is saying you live by that royal law if you're a Christian. Now, the royal law is the law that is given by a king and the people who live by it, and they want to live in a royal manner. You have a royal law given by a king, and since you are the king's subjects, you are to live in a royal kind of way. Therefore, the conduct and the motivation by which you live is significantly different from those who cling together on the basis of external things rather than spiritual matters. So the reason this is royal is because of how people treat each other in the kingdom of God under the rule of the king. One commentator suggested this, that Jewish teachers of the era emphasized the unity of God's law. For example, in 4 Maccabees 5 verses 19 through 21, Eliezer, upon being commanded by the pagan king to eat unclean food, replied that there are no small sins, for to break the law in small matters or great is equally serious. While this is certainly is not a, an in-depth analysis of, of James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13 and what's taking place here, I do hope that this challenges you to begin to look at Scripture through the lens of culture, history, land, and spirituality. 
So after I would coach my my congregation and to to look at that first that first kind of dynamic, I, the next question would be, well, now what? What is the next step in studying the Bible? So then I would encourage those I pastored to move into the section of what I called my lens. And, and in this section, we're trying to answer the question, what does the scripture say to me? When you see in your church members of another ethnic community, often young people, that is a, a special opportunity for them to reach out and welcome those whom Christ welcomes. So when you see people who are diverse from you, rather than looking for a seat somewhere where you can spot someone else or a closer friend, you sit down with these people that that are not not like you and you welcome one another and appreciate in Christ your differences and know that Jesus Christ, through his power on the cross, has created all the ground level around Calvary and all of us are equal in God's presence. And that Christ receives us not by faith, but he receives us by our hunger for him. So I would take for me personally those 13 verses. And beside verse 1, I would write in the side of my, my, my uh, Bible that don't show favoritism. That's what it's telling me. Verses 2 through 4, don't show partiality. Verse 5, don't judge superficially. Verses 6 and 7, the world is partial, so I, as a believer, should not be partial. Verses 8 through 11, that showing partiality is contrary to the command of Scripture. And verses 12 and 13, showing mercy is evidence you understand your acceptance with God. So those are four, five, six things that I gleaned from those Scriptures that, that I just read. And I make myself little notes that is, that's right there. So I have my journal beside me, and as I'm reading through this, I, I, I write down what I sense the Holy Spirit is saying to me during this season of my life. And as I write this down, I move into the section of what I call the Holy Spirit lens. And this is where we try to answer the question, how can, I, uh, how can the scripture that I just read apply to my life? So I begin to listen to the Holy Spirit leading in me as, I, as he works through me what I'm studying. So it's then that I can gain useful insights that, that what will help me apply the truth of God's word in my daily life. So I'm sensing, I'm, I'm searching for that. So again, I, here's what the questions I want you to answer. Who, where, when, why, what, how? Now you don't answer those for every passage, but if you can, you go ahead and do that. Who appears in the passage? Where is this passage taking place? When is this passage occurring? Why is this passage of scripture important? What is happening in this passage? How does this passage apply to my life? And as always, I encourage you to circle or write down any reoccurring words or thoughts in the passage. So you do that for every passage. But in specific, here's some, here's some questions that you might consider when you are reading James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. When you hear the word favoritism, what comes to your mind? When you hear that word favoritism, what comes to your mind? Question number two, have you ever had the motive of, of when you meet somebody, what, what can they do for me? If you have, why do you think that is? Question number three, do you believe that showing favoritism is a sin? And why or why not? Do you believe showing favoritism is a sin? Why or why not? 
and then reread James chapter 2, verse 13. What comes to your mind when you read the phrase, mercy triumphs over mercy? So you look at James 2, verse 13. What comes to your mind when you read the phrase, mercy triumphs over mercy? And then go to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7 and read that. And then read Matthew 6, 12. And then read Matthew 7, 1 through 2. And then read Matthew 18, 21 through 35. And Matthew 25, 31 through 46. And then describe how Jesus explains mercy and how mercy, how he describes how mercy should be displayed. So again, that's Matthew 5, 7. Matthew 6, 12, Matthew 7, 1 through 2, Matthew 18, 21 through 35, and Matthew 25, 31 through 46. And you're trying to answer the question, how does Jesus explain mercy and how should we display it? And then if you want to get real personal, on a scale of one to four, with one being very well and four being not, not too hot, rate yourself on how well you show mercy. One, if you're doing very well, four, if it's not so well, and then write out a plan to just move that up one notch. And then in that last section of Bible study, it's, it's not enough to just get the history and the culture and the land, the language, and, and just get some personal motivation. Now you have to, you've studied the scripture. So now you're asking the question, how does this scripture affect my relationship with God and others? So you experience God's word in action as you use it to direct your journey with him and those around you. So two questions you should all, after you study any passage of scripture, you should always ask is this. Number one, as you listen to the Lord about the text that you have just studied, how, does, how do these verses help deepen your love of God? Question one, how do these verses I just studied help deepen my love for God? And then question two, as a result of my deep and love for God, how can I practically demonstrate this love to other people? Thank you for joining me today for Understanding Scripture with Dr. J. Now, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, would you do me a favor and subscribe so you can continue to get the content every time it's uploaded? And would you also be sure to like us and rate us and then share it with your friends and family? We're just trying to get the word out. This is all free stuff. So if you'll just share it with people and just tell them, hey, there's, here's a resource you may like. It'll help us get the word out. I uh, hope you gl have gleaned something from our time together today. And may God enlighten your understanding as you begin to journey towards developing a better understanding of God's word.